Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports, and joining me, the founder of Wakeman Consulting Group. We first met over Twitter having conversations about college basketball. My man, Dave Wakeman. Dave, glad to have you on the show. Can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you've done? Well, they call it my brand goes by the revenue architect. And what I do is I work with organizations really on how to make the most out of their strategy, which is identifying opportunities and making the most from them. Um, people around sports and entertainment know, are going to know me most from uh, the American Express Black Card, where I helped uh, create the um, distribution line, this, the, uh, the worldwide distribution chain for the ability to buy tickets anywhere in the world with your American Express Black Card. I also helped uh, work with Yellowtail and their advertising partner on an experiential marketing campaign that helped bring Yellowtail to the mass market. We use college or college and pro football to uh, introduce Yellowtail to an entirely new audience, which was tailgaters who'd never really drank wine in our research. Um, I've also worked, um, done some stuff in politics, nonprofits, uh, stuff that's irrelevant to a sports marketing conversation. Cool. And I believe actually the way that I first followed you was because of that yellow tail campaign, because Brian Cristiano and I did a podcast specifically talking about that. So now that that rings a bell, uh, it's good to see that. See, and this is how relationships are actually formed because if you think about it, I didn't know you. You didn't know me. We talk about that. I follow you because we are admirers of that campaign a year later, we just so happened to be chatting about college basketball. Um, you because you, I get on your radar. Next thing you know, you're like, boom, let's let's chat on the podcast. So I'd love to. So this is how we got to this point. Yeah, no, the internet is like so cool if you use it this way. Which I know that it's very easy to fall into uh, snark and uh, you know just like talking smack and you know being really like negative but this is one of those instances where it's kind of good for us great so today's topic is going to be all about fan experience and we're going to talk about this in two ways online for all brands and then sporting events with an emphasis on early season baseball so dave let's start with the online online fan experience and this is for any brand i feel like this is an area in which the majority of brands fail i don't believe that fan experience is part of the vocabulary they just market people don't want to be marketed to but the majority of brands that are out there all it is is a constant megaphone on all social media channels saying look at what we do why is fan experience not part of the vocabulary well i think Two, I would like to challenge your definition of marketing by saying that what people are doing now where you're calling it spam and blowing people out, it's really – it's it, well, you would rightly call it spam, but I would say it's just advertising because marketing to me is really kind of a holistic thing, which is just as much um, – you know who you are as what you say you want to do or it's like as much as your vision or anything so what these guys are doing now is really just spraying and praying it's like a uh, modern version of cold calling uh, off an undifferentiated sheet or um, you know throwing a Hail Mary in football or you know anything that's just ineffective um, I think that one of the big challenges though as far as customer experience especially online is that people don't necessarily know what they want to be we have this made this huge promise about big data 
And what it means is that everybody's letting data define every engagement they have or every decision they make as opposed to starting with a point of view and using the data to test that assumption. So you get people doing really, really uh, offhanded or, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, stupid things because they go, oh, well, the data told me to do it. I must be right. So, Dave, I believe you're even giving more credit to the market by saying they're using data, obviously, with some of the campaigns that you've worked on on a significantly larger basis where they're working with larger budgets. So, sure, data is going to come into this. But I really believe the overwhelming majority of the market data isn't even in the play of this because I see so much of this now we'll call it advertising on social media is really just a checkbox to say, I did my job. The person above the social media manager doesn't really have the, the KPIs. They would say, all right, well, who is your target audience? Why are you doing what you do? Do you have a written strategy? Like all of the things that we would define as what you would want as a solid foundation in place aren't in place. And because of that, the absence of fan experience, because you said it, it's advertising and not marketing. And they're not thinking about, man, how do I build this emotional connection with Rob and Dave to make this experience better so that when I'm tailgating somewhere, they think of me or I'm going to go somewhere. I really think that that's the absence of it. And I don't understand why, because when I think about the way that I approach marketing and building brands, it's actually pretty simple. I think about what I would want. Eating your own dog food, I say, all right, if a brand is going to market to me, how would I want that done? And that is the exact way that I'm going to work with everybody I work with. Yes, that, that's a good way of putting it too. And I think that um, what I found is it, it sort of touches on a concept that I don't know a lot about, but I hear people describe it when they talk about me, which is design thinking and putting um, kind of an empathetic spin on what the brand means. And I think if you, it's not really a stretch of the imagination to look at it and go, you know, nobody's really thinking about what would happen if it was on me. I talk a lot about that. Like, hey, look, you know, you can charge me $16 for a uh, Bud, uh, I guess it's a Blue Point Toasted Lager at Matt's Park. And you can call it a craft beer. And you and I both know that that's bull because to, uh, Blue Point is owned by Budweiser. It's not craft beer. And $16 for any 16-ounce beer, you may be able to have a spreadsheet that will allow you to say that you can do that. But you and I both know that that's complete crap. And that if I were on the other end, if I was the person making that decision and it was happening to me, I would be like, F these guys. I'm not doing it. Right. So that you bring up an interesting thing, and we're going to talk about uh, the experience at games in a second. But – how from a brand level, when I go to any game, the experience for let's call it concessions is generally, <laughs> generally negative. So living, living in Chicago, it is not cheap for myself and my wife. If we decide to go to any sporting event, let's just call it uh, Cubs, Bulls, Blackhawks, White Sox is a little bit more reasonable because it's not as centrally located and they're not as big of a draw. So if we're talking the big three right there, uh, and, and of course Bears as well, make that four there. You go there and you're like, all right, the tickets are going to be, let's, let's just call it $100 if you're lucky. 100 bucks to get into the game there. We got to travel there. And then you're like, boom, now it's part of the experience. And uh, the food, is it the best? The prices, are they great? No. So it's literally, and I guess this will be our segue, the experience once I step into the ballpark, 
I'm not necessarily thinking, is the game the only thing on my mind? It's great that we're there to have a game, but I really see it more as we're there for an experience. That the fans are around us, the, everyone's cheering, we want to see our team win. And as part of that experience, we have the opportunity to purchase beer, food, apparel. But I find that the, the experience is not a good one typically across the board because they aren't... It's not from a standpoint of you or I thinking, how would we want to be treated? I would never say, hey, Dave, come over to my place. And you're like, oh, man, Rob, this is so fun. I'm like, cool, that'll be $16 for that beer there. And I get that everybody's looking to make money, and that's how business runs. But I find that there's got to be a comfortable medium here because I I feel like the, the brand experience for fans at games is definitely degrading. I think um, it's interesting the way you brought it up because I was listening to um, probably a lot of your listeners will recognize the guy's name. Uh, Seth Godin has a podcast out called The Kimbo. And I don't know if it was the last episode or two episodes ago, he was talking about a story about how he met the concert promoter, Bill Graham. And he asked Bill Graham, like, hey, you have Bruce Springsteen and you can charge people $100 for these tickets. And Bill Graham uh, shared the story that, hey, look, I could get $100 for them, but at the same time, I need to nurture my community and grow an audience and get people to come more and more. Because if I take all my money from all their money from them on one day, what am I doing the rest of the year? How am I going to ensure they come back? How am I going to ensure they're long-term customers? And I think that that same problem is at play in sports because people are playing a finite game where it's like, Hey, if I get you into the building, then I want to maximize you and get that $250 out of you right away. And you and I both know, like, you know, despite the numbers and despite the stories that are told by um, in the news or by the sports business professionals, that my eyes tell me that attendance at these stadiums is horrible. I don't need, you know, outside of maybe opening day. And if you're the Cubs, you know, when the Cardinals come to town or the Yankees come to town or a couple big series, you know, even the Cubs, who are as popular as it comes, you don't have a hard time finding a ticket most times. And Lord knows like some of the bigger, biggest teams like last year with the Yankees, there was a huge article about success didn't mean that people were coming back to the stadium. Um, I know in DC, the Nats have been averaging 95 wins a year for the last five or six years. And they're stuck uh, permanently. It seems like in like 13th or 14th place in attendance in major league baseball. So it just to me, it proves that the theory of like just winning is going to solve everything and that like people don't matter what they're paying is false. You know, and and for me in my work, I always talk about teach um, playing the game for the long term, which is like I know I can get you to pay fifteen dollars or sixteen dollars for that toasted lager today. But the thing is, is like at what cost does that come? Right. I want you to come not one time. I need you to come four or five or 10 times a year, right? Because I mean, baseball got 81 games. I mean, you're not going to fill that up with, uh, you know, what would that be like four or 5 million new customers, even in a city the size of Chicago. So you need repeat customers. So you need to treat people differently than you will if you're just trying to maximize your revenue. So why hasn't, let's call it professional sports adopted more of a minor league baseball model. We had on Jesse Cole, the owner of the Savannah Bananas, who wrote a fantastic book that I highly recommend you call you check out called Find Your Yellow Talks the Art of Standing Out. And he, what he realized is that when people come to minor league baseball, they don't necessarily are come they're not coming for the game. They're coming for the entertainment. So he turned the Savannah Bananas into what he called like a traveling baseball circus 
where he runs a fan first company where it is all about entertainment, all about fan first. And oh, by the way, we have a baseball game there. And I don't know if Major League Baseball or professional sports are willing to audit themselves to a level and say, what is the reality of the situation? Can we be uh, a contrarian in this? Because I couldn't even tell you one baseball team that is doing things so drastically different than anyone else. Uh, We had on Meg Ryan from the Atlanta Hawks from the NBA. They're doing some phenomenal things with fan engagement there. I'm excited about that. But for baseball, and this is speaking to early season baseball, I feel like there's some huge missed opportunities because it is a sport that does have uh, a big issue with, let's call it attention. Yeah. That, no, that's, I think that's a good way of putting it. And the contrary point, that's, that's huge because I think that if you work in sports business a lot of times, if you have a contrary point of view, then they look at it like you're a jerk or like you, you know, or they won't just want to dismiss it. And I think that that really holds people back because in most cases, again, you see it with your eyes. Are they asking the right questions? And something like the limiting the number of uh, visits to the mound or um, putting a runner on second and extra innings or some of these other proposed changes that they're making. I mean, they're fundamentally uh, changing the game. Um, but at what cost? Right. It, it, you know, and it, it was a, would a better question be, you know, why aren't people paying us attention? You know, it's easy to brush it off and say, oh, it's millennials. The millennials are doing this. The millennials are doing that. I've often felt that if you have to fall back on a uh, blanket statement or a blanket concept of, oh, it's a whole generational thing, then like you've missed the point. Right. It's the concept of like if I'm telling you a story and you don't get the point, it's not your fault. It's my fault. And I think that that's really what's going on with baseball is that they they lost the narrative of the sport and they're telling a story that nobody nobody cares about or, you know, not nobody, but like people don't care about as much. And they feel like it's the fault of their audience and not their fault. Yeah. And I think what this really speaks to, which is the ethos of the of my mindset and the person that I've become is removing excuses you, you say it's the millennials fault. I don't care if it is the millennials fault. If you're not getting the results that you want, the only person or brand or company to look at is yourself. And I don't believe that the self accountability and self awareness in brands in general, not even just baseball, not even just professional sports brands across the board, that self accountability isn't there for, I would say, 90% of the brands out there because the model isn't necessarily built for self-accountability because it's almost survival of the fittest for each person in their own job and their own role to mitigate risk and do what they can to keep things safe as opposed to having this culture of innovation and being forward thinking. And I think that's that's the biggest thing is I want more brands to be forward thinking it it drives me nuts when I when I look and brands aren't seeing the opportunities that are there with video, with live streaming, with audio and podcasting, with ways to elevate the fan experience and the brand experience and, and building a community and the messaging around it that the fundamentals are there. What the market says is all there. And that's another thing. Everyone says, and I, Dave, Dave, I believe we can both agree with this. Tell me if, you're, if I'm wrong, but the market says... Everybody needs to be doing video, right? Because right. better or get how many are doing video? 
Well, they're not very many. And I would push back <laughs> a little bit on the everybody needs to be doing video because I often believe that like a lot of times what steers people wrong is that they go, well, everybody else is doing it. I go, you need to be clear. But like you said, with forward thinking, what do I want to accomplish? Right. And right. for some of you, I mean, in sports, yeah, everybody should be doing video. If you're not, you're 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 really missing a huge opportunity for other businesses. They shouldn't ever do video. Right. I mean, you know, it's like so don't do what everybody else is doing. Do what works for you. And that goes back to what you're talking about, being innovative, be forward thinking, uh, be looking at the opportunities that you want to create. So, Dave, we'll get on this. What what piece of advice or final thoughts do you have about fan engagement that someone listening to this, whether they are the an owner of a team, they're a brand manager, they're a social media manager, uh, they're a CMO, they're a college student. What what do you want to say about fan engagement as a whole? I think fan engagement as a whole is the cheapest form of marketing. And when you take it through and you are in you know, charge of shepherding this organization, this team, um, whatever it is you are, go through the process like you were a customer. And I bet you that with 100% certainty that you're going to find things that are alarming to you, that if it happened to you, you would be appalled. And if you don't change those, then the, the fault's on you. And if you do – and then people still aren't reacting, then, then there's a larger problem. But I think start with the simple things, right? Like, again, I hate to beat up on the Nationals, but last year, the first week of the season, they couldn't get people into the stadium. So you're standing outside the stadium for two or three or four innings. Like, they couldn't have planned for ahead for huge lines at the gates, right? It's those lines at the um, – your food and beverage stations that you were talking about before. It's the price of the stuff, right? I know that everybody needs to make money and you got to find ways to profit from this. But I find a $16 Budweiser appalling, you know, and just go through this process just like that as if you were the person who was regularly spending their hard-earned money on it and find out what you think about it. I will say that again because I love it and I believe it so much. Fan engagement as a whole is the cheapest form of marketing. That is so absolutely true. Dave, I really enjoyed this conversation. Where can people connect with you? I would tell them to visit my website, DaveWakeman.com, where I blog pretty much every day. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, um, at David Wakeman. Um, and through those things, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter on Sunday. As where I always, talk about value. Yeah, sorry. As always, we appreciate you listening to the Sports Marketing Huddle. If you've listened to more than three episodes, what we would really appreciate is if you go to iTunes and give us a rating and review. The reason for this is it helps with discovery. It allows other people to know about what's going down on the Sports Marketing Huddle. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at Rob Cressy. Would really love your feedback on this and jump into conversation with Dave and I. And boom goes the dynamite.